Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. God is good. Where is he praised? And I don't know about you, but I am just so grateful to him whom all blessings flow for. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And I'm just so grateful, grateful, grateful. You know, I was listening at a video earlier this morning, and the individual was talking about in over the lifespan of the earth that about 100 billion people have lived. And he was talking about the combination of all the people that could live and didn't live. And he was making the point that, that you and I are just so incredibly special that you hear my voice. If you're seeing me, that you got the opportunity to live this life. And there were so many more who didn't get a chance to live this life, but you did. And I'm grateful. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful to have the opportunity to know that I've lived and have the opportunity to serve him. So on this morning, without any further ado, we want to get right into our praise and worship service. So I want to ask that you don't sit down on as we used to say, you do nothing stupid. When you get into service, you get out of it with every man. If you invest little, then you get little. If you invest deeply, there's a lot there for you. So God bless you all on this morning. And we're going to turn this part of the service over to Sister Dominique. Sister Dominique, it's on you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's, it's a blessing to be back with you the worship and the true and the living God. You can get with me and join in on this worship as we give God what he is due. Thank you. We praise to the king for he is the king of kings. We sing the praises to the king. For he is the king. We sing the praises to our king. For he is the king of kings. We sing the praises to the king. For he is the king. Give him glory. For he is the king. Give him glory. For he. Give him glory. For he is the king. Give him glory. For he is the king. Praises to the king, for he is the king of kings. 
our circumstances, our sicknesses. He reigns forever.
your heart and think about how great, how great, how great, how great, oh, how great, how great, how great, how great is our God, Lord, we proclaim you now, and your mighty power, and your awesome majesty. Oh. 
done more than I ever expected. You've done more than I ever expected. You've done more than I ever expected. God, you keep on doing great things. You truly amaze me. So many miracles and blessings continue to chase me. And I am overwhelmed with gratitude. That's why I offer up this prayer the things you do cause you've done more than I ever expected you've done more more than I ever expected you've done more than I ever expected Keep on doing great things. You truly amaze me. So many miracles and blessings continue to chase me. things you do, you do, cause you've done more than I ever expected, you've done more than we ever expected, you've done more, you blew my mind a thousand times and I want to say thank you.
How many you on this? How many you on this? Praise them. Praise them. Lift them up. Lift them up. And magnify. And magnify. 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 Make it bigger. Make, make it bigger. More glorious. More glorious. All that he's. All that he's. All that he's. All that he's. Everything that you've been. Everything that you've been. Things that you're present. Things that you're present. And the things that you. The things that you. I still lift this. I still lift this. I magnify his name. And why my heart is filled with praise. Because I know that he's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. And he's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Sikadu. And he's God Almighty. And I'm grateful, 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 grateful. All blessings. 
would you put your hands up to him right now and just say, you didn't have to do it, Lord, but you did. You didn't have to stay me, oh God, but you did. You could have let me die out there, Lord Jesus, in that situation, in that circumstance. But Lord, you could have let them where they put me, Lord Jesus, but I didn't wake up again, but you didn't. Lord, you could allow, Lord Jesus, that truck not to stay on his side of the road, but you didn't. Lord, you could have let them come in this week, Lord, and hand me a pink slip on my truck. But Lord, you didn't. Lord, you could have, Lord Jesus, let all kinds of things and sorts of things come, oh God, but you didn't. And Lord, because of that, Lord, I magnify your name. I lift your name on high. But we give your name the honor. We give your name the praise, Lord, for you. Love, your peace, the strength, Lord, you are omnipotent, you all seeing, and you're all knowing. You know me better than I know myself, oh God. Lord, you were there, Lord, you when I was in my mother's womb, oh God. When I was conceived, Lord, you knew of me. You knew which day you would have me to come forth, oh God. You knew what you would have come out of me, oh God, Lord, and we magnify. Lord, for you've done far more than we expected. Lord. Our lives have been far better than we expected, oh God. From the things that we've come from to the things that we are now, Lord, we are grateful. Lord, and we come to you with a sense of gratitude this morning, knowing that you didn't have to do it, but you did. Knowing, Lord, you, that you didn't throw in the towel on us, oh God, Lord, that you know where we are, Lord, that you see us where we are, and you allow your hand, Lord, you Lord Jesus, and extend grace and Lord, we ask you to continue, Lord, strengthen us in our bodies, our hearts, our minds, souls, and spirits, God, that we can either learn and understand, Lord Jesus, you and your will and your way. Lord, as we continue to walk in this year of deeply invested, Lord, that we be deeply invested, Lord Jesus, in what it is that you want to do at this present time. Lord, there's war and rumor of war all over the land. Lord Jesus, there's situations and circumstances, oh God, some of us don't even know what in all our giving, Lord, you told us to get understanding. Lord, that you would lead and you would direct our paths. And Lord, we are leaning on you. We're giving your name the honor and the praise. Because even in the small things, Lord, you've done more than we're expecting. Even, Lord, when we thought it was over, Lord, you you decided, Lord Jesus, to turn it a different way. Lord, you just wanted to see, Lord, what would we do, Lord, when we're faced with a circumstance, we're faced with a situation, oh God. But Lord, we're grateful and we honor. We know that you are our God, that you are our peace, that you are our strength. When others are seeking peace, oh God, when they're trying to find salvation in drugs and alcohol, oh God, and, and prostitution, oh God, and, and giving of themselves and being promiscuous, oh God. But we know, Lord Jesus, that those things and those things, peace, Lord. We come from you, the peace that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter what we don't have, oh God, where we are. But Lord, we know that we rest in you. For we all are looking for a resting place. For you said that you are our refuge. We're grateful. We thank you for being Lord. We thank you for healing our bodies, Lord. Holding us and keeping us in. And Lord, we honor you in this day. And we honor you in this space. To know that you are our God, that you are our people. As you can eat a our husband and their family, oh God, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for their anniversary on this day, oh God. I ask that you continue to bless them with many more. Lord, I ask you continue to watch them and keep all the people of the church. Love on them, bless them, hold them, keep them in the palm of our hand. You can. 
Help them, Lord Jesus, like only you can. Let not one of them out. Lord, I ask that you help us to continue to be a blessing, Lord Jesus, in this part of the vineyard, Lord Jesus. Their lives have changed, oh God. Their situations have, Lord Jesus, have turned around, oh God, because the safe house is this. That you use us, Lord Jesus, for your service. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we praise your name. We give your name all the honor and all the praise, the glory and the power of yours and yours. But we give your name the praise. But we know this one thing, and we know this to be true. Walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, brothers and sisters of the Safe House Church. Well, God is good, and he's worthy to be praised. Amen. And we're just so grateful. To him from whom all blessings flow to that beautiful uh, planning, praise, and worship service led by Sister Harris on this morning. We're just so grateful to God for God is good, even when we're not good, that he's good. Even when we find ourselves in situations and circumstances, just know that he still is good, that he has made a way of escape, even when we don't even see it. But he's always made a way of escape if we would pay attention. So many times the answers to questions and things that we have are right around us, but we often don't see them because we are not looking for them. I'm understanding, I know, and research has told us time and time again that you get what you expect. So I'm trying to work with the people of God and get us, and even in myself, to change our level of expectation that we expect God to do above and beyond and exceedingly glad, that we look for solutions, that we look for his grace, that we look for his glory, that we look for his power, to know that he has made us and not we ourselves. And I'm grateful for that. I'm ecstatic about that. I'm happy about that. To know that God is God and that he's still on the throne. How many of you know that he's still on the throne? Despite what the world tells us, despite what we see all around us, that God is what he is still on the throne. And I, for one, am grateful to him for him being on the throne and him doing what he do for he is God and he's worthy of all our praise. I hope that you're feeling well and good in your spirit on this day. Amen. I'm just so grateful to be here before you again, that God has blessed us. Amen. Um, that we've gone through some things and some things have transpired, but nonetheless, God is good and he still has us here with us. Amen. And we did some things on this week, some medical procedures. Amen. Just to make sure things are all right and all is well. And we're grateful for that. You know, as we get older, I'm understanding and know that we must take care of ourselves and we must um, do things that we not necessarily want to do, amen, but they are necessary for um, us to maintain and watch our health, amen. And I tell you, anybody, um, if you see these grays, um, these grays in my beard, um, that they have been, I would say, earned over the years, but, you know, it's God's grace and mercy. You know, so many times I stop and I think about the goodness of Jesus and all the times that I could have been cut off. Come on, somebody. You know, the old folk used to say it like this. They said that when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. And I think about it all the time and, and often reflect on the things that God has done for us. You know, um, you know, so many times that I, I really literally could have been cut off and not be here with you all today, but yet he spared my life. 
and because he has a plan for me. Amen. In times that I could have been in trouble and things, and sometimes I deserve to be have been in trouble, but it was his goodness and his mercy that saw me through it that didn't allow what I deserve. How many you know sometimes you deserve a thing, but God does not allow it? Amen. And I'm grateful that he saw fit not to allow it. I want to say a good morning to all of you all of the Safe House Church. If this is your first time here with us, welcome to the Safe House Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. For God is good and he's worthy to be praised. We're just a group of people who are praising God and enjoying the trip. Amen. Um, for He's just been so good to us and we're just grateful and we'll thank you. Thankful for you um, being with us on this morning. And I want to say a good morning to all the members of the Safe House Church. We had a wonderful time all last week in person. One of the things um, that we have that we um, struggle with when we in person is to be able to go live on social media. Um, obviously, you know, you all know that we rent school space to meet face to face. And in that school space, the school restricts on some of the Internet access and things that we can do from that location. Um, so therefore, um, the schools will not allow you to stream things or use social media. They have all that kind of stuff blocked, and therefore we have to um, we have to change internet connections to more of a mobile one. And in that particular area, the five G is not hidden as well as it normally would. Um, I don't know if it has something to do with the building. Um, sometimes when you're around masonry, masonry and stuff like that, they have a tendency to block signals and then the signals don't come out as well. And therefore, um, our broadcast could be a lot more choppy. So I always encourage you when we're there in the vineyard that you be there in the vineyard. Amen. I always encourage you to come in. But I know also the weather last week, we do have elderly um, some members or, or I'll call more seasoned saints. And it was raining, as we used to say in the country, it was raining cats and dogs. Amen. So um, we definitely understand that and, you know, other individuals that have um, significant health issues or whatever the case may be. So we're not charging that against you. We understand. No pastor understand. I know that's where your heart was. Amen. And we wanted to be able to give that to you, but we we're not able to put it in that particular format. But you can go out to the, um, the church podcast and that podcast was released today. So we do have the video, we do have the audio, and it is available um, to you if you so choose to get it so you won't miss a thing as we finished up our series on last week, amen, as we ended with um, passion, amen, the passion is the last um, the ingredient, we call it the special ingredient, and you know, there's sometimes, you know, what makes your stuff different from somebody else, you know, it could be this one ingredient, you know, you do everything that somebody else does. And it's like, you know, I remember hearing individuals um, like my father would talk and they'd be saying, well, such and such is my, well, I put, let me back up a little bit. My father is a connoisseur of coconut pie. Coconut pie is his one thing. And I remember as a young boy, there was this one lady, um, a mother that is not church. And she was an older lady when I was even, when I was young. So she was probably almost in her seventies or eighties when I was a young boy. And um, name sister, we used to call her, um, her name was um, Georgia, um, Georgia Hopkins. And so my father, the the standard of coconut pie was measured against sister Georgia Hopkins pie. Let me tell you all, y'all know how we are in the black church, especially 
back in the 80s and the 90s, we would have um, kitchen and they would be cooking, you know, food at the church, amen, and you would go down there and get your plate. And at our church, I learned real quickly that Sister Hopkins during the week would make three to four coconut pies to send to the church to sell on each and every weekend. Her pies were so sought after that individuals, I ain't going to say they were getting the fist fight, but they would be actually taking the pie. Yeah, they would take the pie. I'm telling on folks because I saw them do it. They would be taking her pies and they would be hiding them so that they can make sure that they got a piece of her particular coconut pie. Um, and so they would actually hide some of the pies. So everybody else's pie would be out there. And you would hear individuals come through the line as they selected a piece of coconut pie. And they would ask, um, is this Sister Hopkins pie? Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all know how it go. So if this was not Sister Hopkins pie, many individuals would like maybe pass and they would go for a chocolate cake or a pound cake or something different. But if it was Sister Hopkins pie, they wanted to make sure that they got her pie. And um, so I remember as a young boy, my father would seek to get you know her pie. And you know my father always had a really strong relationship with the elderly. I think you know probably because of what he did working in the Social Security office, they loved him because he made sure that they were straight financially or whatever the case may be as far as them getting their um, government assistance or whatever the case uh, may be on that. And, you know, and I also, you know, find myself now because as a child, I remember those times and now I find myself sitting at the feet of as many elders as I can and absorbing everything I can now understand what he was doing. So because of that, he was kind of a special one to her. And so she would make him a pile too. And I remember we would talk sometimes, and he would say, well, this coconut pie is pretty good, but it's not a Georgia Hopkins pie. And we would go to other churches, or other people would make him pie, and he'd be like, oh, this is pretty good, but it's not a Georgia Hopkins pie. And what we find is, you know, there was something she did a little different to her pie. It was something that she added a little different to her pie. There was something that she changed with her pie that made her pie a little bit different or taste a little bit different than everybody else. And so I always kind of call that she had the special ingredient or the secret ingredient, which made her pie stand out from everybody else's pie. Everybody else is making coconut pie, but why does her pie stand out among all the other pies? What was she doing a little differently um, than everybody else? And when we look at it as believers, we talk about the passion and the anointing that destroys the yoke. And we talk about that missing ingredient or that special ingredient. And I believe that special ingredient is the passion that God has given us for a thing. So that secret ingredient, everybody else can be doing exactly what you're doing, but they can't do it exactly like you. Think about your uniqueness in that, that people can do exactly what you, you know, do exactly what you do, but they don't come across like you. This is why it's important that you be authentic in the space, that you be exactly who God has called you to be. Because there is a what? A special ingredient. There's a secret sauce. There's something that you have that's uniquely you that only you can bring to this world. I understand. I know that there are many Bible teachers out there. There are many people, but they don't do it the way I do it. They don't come across the way I come across. They can't project the way I project. You can sit there and you can mimic and copy everything like a strong actor, but still wouldn't come across because there's an anointing that I have to be me. 
There's an anointing that you have to be you. There's something about you that no matter what, that nobody else can duplicate but you. And you're so unique in this space that all eons and all the people, whoever will be and whoever were, they are none forever be you. Think about that for a moment. Scientifically, we've proven that, that all these combinations and all these people, for the next hundred billion years, there'll never be another you. And I don't think we understand and we underestimate how really special you are. To have had the chance to live, to have the chance to breathe and interact. I don't care what what's going on. Maybe your body don't exactly function right, or you don't breathe right, or this don't work that. But you still are way better off than a hundred billion people who could have exist, who don't exist. <laughs> Think about that. And there's something authentic that you bring to the table that nobody else can do. Nobody else has access to. Nobody does it quite like you. I don't know about you, but when I think about that, it's a humbling experience. They said that the God of the universe, we know to be Jehovah Jireh, Jesus Christ, thought enough of me to allow me to live and give me such special talent and unique ability. You know, I've been going back and forth with my wife. I've been talking. She said, Peter, you shouldn't talk like this. But, you know, you get to a point in time in your life that you start to look at things and you start to reflect. And, and you think about your own mortality. And when you're laying on a hospital bed, I don't know about you. But, you know, things do go through your mind, right? And, and you think about your own mortality. And you think about all the things that we do and all the time that we spend doing all these kinds of things and stuff. And know that this stuff is not going to last. The Bible talks about that life is like a vapor. And I thought about that. And you're like, even if you live 100 years, it's a vapor. Because if you continue to look through the eons of time, it's only that point in time. You know, it's nothing that we could do but one thing that would seal our legacy. And that's to live for Christ. You know, I think about all this time that, you know, we spend writing papers, you know, to be published in journals and stuff. That's what we do in my field. And the thing is, as time goes on, people forget about your papers. They won't write about you anymore. Your books eventually go away. All this great knowledge and stuff that you was able to proliferate throughout your time is only good in your time. And so this is why I believe the Bible tells us, he said, what, focus on those things. Don't focus on those things that are temporal. I know we think, oh, if I do this, I do that, that this is that. But he said, no, don't focus on those things that are temporal. But to focus on those things that are in heaven that you would you put up that the canker worm and, and, and rust and time cannot get to. And you know what those things are? You. I've thought about it and I've really reflected on it and I meditated this week and said, Lord, what is it that's incorruptible? It is your soul. Your soul never dies. Your soul has a place and it needs a resting place. And how we live this life dictates where your resting place is. This is simply a vacation for us. 
in that this is not my home, but we are passing through. Your body is a rental situation. Therefore, it doesn't belong to you. That this body I have, that I am to take care of it, that I'm to do what I need to do while I'm here, and then at some point, I'm going to be transformed, and then I'm out of here. This is why we have this limited point in our lives. So you think about all we got to do is live right for 100 years and you live for eternity. Live right for 40, 80 years and for eternity you get to serve him. So when you stop and you really think about it, I know I got some intellectuals here with us. So when you stop and you really think about it, what he's asking us to do is really, really small in comparison to the investment that he gives us for a lifetime, for eternity. So when you start thinking about things in terms of eternity, things change. So what you realize that what I'm going through is only for a short while. And some of us have gone through this and gone through this and, and that. And it's like, and it seemed like it's going to kill us and we this. And trust me, I'm there with you. But when I stop and God has got me to think about it in terms of eternity, whoo, it's not even a drop in the bucket. It's not even a blinking of an eye. So I ask you to consider when you're going through things and you see stuff, stop and think about the time period. Think about it, Lord. What does this mean in terms of eternity? What I'm investing in now, what I'm doing now, this is what you're talking about. Bodily exercise is good, and you all should do it. I should do it. But he said it only profit you what? Little. This is in your Bible, my Bible. Why does it profit you little? Because in the scheme of things, when we look through eternity, this time was only a very, very small time. So, yeah, it may seem big now, but over time, it seems very small. So we keep going back to this notion of time. Hallelujah. I'm, getting, I'm already preaching. I'm getting, I want to make sure, giving honor to the First Lady. Amen. I want to make sure I give First Lady her honor on this morning. And to all the members of the Safe House Church, again, welcome to the Safe House Church. Pastor was already going in on this morning. Uh, for God is good. I don't think we had any birthdays or any celebrations. Anybody missed? I know my brothers took care of their wives on Valentine's Day. I know the wives took care of their husbands on Valentine's Day. That goes without saying. That is an expectation that we love on each other, not just on Valentine's Day, but every single day. I know some say, oh, it's a pagan holiday and all these things may be true. I'm not here to debate that, but we want to love our spouses. We want to love our families every single day, and we want to be a... Um, a let's say example of that to our children and to our communities doesn't mean that we always get it right doesn't mean we always love each other on each other but love is a commitment love is a decision and it's a decision that you and i make with every breath that we take that i choose to do this you can choose to do something else, but I choose to do this. I choose to be with this person. I choose to love this person. I choose to do this. And this is where God talks about unconditional love, that he loved us unconditionally, and he chose to give his life for you and I to be able to live. And we're grateful for that. So on this morning, I want to go ahead. So I've already kind of gone in, in, in what I had to talk about anyway. But let's go ahead and go to the book of Matthew. Matthew, the 18th chapter, is where we will reside at today. And again, uh, good morning and welcome to all our members um, here. 
and to those who are visiting Safe House Church here in Greensboro, North Carolina. And, um, we are a hybrid church in that we meet face-to-face -face once a month. And then the rest of the times we are here, we have Bible class on Wednesday nights. Right now, we're going through the book of Exodus. Amen. And we're in the wilderness right now in that experience. And then on Monday through Friday, we um, have a prayer service. We have prayer service um, at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time there on Zoom for about 30 minutes every single morning where we are fleecing God and we're going before God in prayer before we go and we start our day. Um, and we invite you to be able to come to that. So we're going to go to Matthew 4, 18. Here at Safe House Church, we work off three uh, principles we believe God has called us to. We call it DEA, Discipleship, Empowerment, and Accountability. Discipleship, we're going to walk with you. We're going to talk with you. Uh, and we're going to go with you. Empowerment, we're going to empower you to do what God has called you to do. And accountability, we're going to hold you accountable in this place. I'm accountable to you, and you are accountable to me. And therefore, we both are in connection, are accountable to God. All right, Matthew, the 18th chapter, and we want to go start at verse, um, I, I got up here, I'm at 18, give me a second, the Matthew, the 18th chapter, I mean, not 18th chapter, I mean, Matthew, the fourth chapter, and we'll start at verse um, number 18, I got 19 up there, but we'll start at verse number 18. And I'm going to see if I can get this up there on the screen for you as we go forward on this morning. How many of you are happy in Jesus? Amen. I don't know about you, but I am happy, 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 happy. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Hallelujah. So we get a little bit more on the screen here for you. All right, here we go. And it says this, and it says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. They were fishermen. And then he goes on, it says, And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other, other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee the father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. If I was to use for a subject on this morning, and this would be a, a new series that we're starting, so we'll be in this a little bit today. And I want to start by calling this More Than Sunday Ties. More Than Sunday Ties. Ties here being an acronym that we will be exploring over the next couple of weeks. More Than Sunday Ties. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, we want to say we thank you. Lord, we thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the activity of our limbs. We thank you for clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, food in our stomachs, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for traveling mercy, Lord. We thank you for the airways, oh God, allowing us to be able to preach and teach your word, Lord, you to your people. Watch up and keep us, strengthen us, Lord. Hold us in the palm of our hand like only you can. 
Love on us, Lord, like only you can. Bless us in our going in and our going out, Lord. And we honor you in this place and in this space to know that you are God, that you are peace, that you are omnipotent, that you're all seen, and that you're all knowing. And we honor you for that, Lord, and we love on you and we praise your name. We ask you to do all these things with others in the powerful name of Jesus. For we know this one thing and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen, amen. More than Sunday ties. Write in the chat, more than Sunday ties. More than Sunday ties. More than Sunday ties. So here we read here as we read this morning that this is a very um, familiar passage of scripture to some. Um, this is where we get finding fish ministries from. Um, as you know, our I ain't gonna say your parent company or our parent organization, but our five hundred one three C for our church is finding fish ministries and finding fish ministries. God is um, origin from. Matthew 4, 19, where he said, I will make you fishers of men. Um, so if we're making us fishers of men, then for us to get the fish, as a fisherman myself, I know that you have to find the fish. See, typically catching fish is not as hard if you know where to find them. Most of the time we're looking as a fisherman and one who goes out on lots of bodies of water, you have water everywhere, but all water does not hold fish. Come on, somebody. That all water does not hold fish. Just because it's water, that doesn't mean there's fish there. Because there's things that fish look for. There's certain things that fish need to be able to survive and thrive in a situation. They're looking for most of them, depending on if they're fish that are being eaten by other fish, they're looking for cover. So if you have fish that what we would call bait fish, that those fish are looking for cover because they're trying to hide to save their lives. And if you find the bait fish and where the bait fish are hiding, then you typically find the bigger fish because the bigger fish are feeding on the smaller fish. That's why we call them bait fish. So to find the fish, then you typically look for the smaller fish that are hiding. And the smaller fish are typically hiding in cover. So therefore, they'll be hiding in tall grass. They'll be hiding behind rocks. They'll be hiding under tree stumps and all these kind of things. And therefore, we spend our time looking for cover. So some of the best fishermen are people who can find the best cover. And when they find the best cover where they think a fish may hide, you find fish that will wait in ambushing and wait, I'm waiting to ambush prey when prey goes by or when prey is in the water and they're going wherever they're going um, to go. The predator is there sitting in ambush in those sick particular places, in those particular spots, because he is waiting to pounce on that who comes by. So now we find that if we are finding fish, then we I mean finding fish, then you must find where they're hiding at. This is why we believe here at the Safe House Church that we have to go from um, beyond the wall, that we have to go out into the streets and the highways and compel them to come because we don't know where they particularly are. And to find them then means that we have to go out and we have to look and we have to search for them. Amen. And this is what God is calling you and I to do. So God, he finds them here. And Jesus is walking by and he sees them that they're fishing and he tells them, do you want to be able to catch fish? You want to be able to catch fish at a high rate. In fact, the fish that you are looking for are ministerial in essence that we as a better situation, there's something greater than I can expose you to 
that I can put you on that when you go out here and you catch these fish, you're going to find yourself in a phenomenal situation. You're going to find yourself that things are better on this side. You're going to find yourself living life at a high level. I am convinced that life happens to all of us, but it's about how we deal with it. And because you and I being believers and that we have this space that when things and trouble come my way, I have someone that I can lean on. I have my faith that I lean on. I have God that I talk to in the morning, in the noonday. There's nothing that they can do to stop me from having conversations with him. There's nothing they can do that's going to take me away from the love of God because we always have that choice to make, even if they mum your mouth even if they cut out your tongue that what you can still talk to him from your heart only thing they can do is take your life and the bible talks about that that's all they can do is injure and even then they cannot still separate you from the love of god this is why brothers and sisters i'm convinced that some of the things that some of us go through that we would have been going through regardless but now that i have somebody to go through with that i have him on my left and on my right in my front in my back he's flanking me all around that i have him that i can rely on that when times get tough and i don't understand things and when things go left and things go right and i'm trying to get a better understanding of why i'm going through what i'm going through and how long i'm going to go through it then i stop and I step back and I see that this is the eternity of time that what I'm going through is really only for a moment. It's only for a twinkling of an eye and I stop and I rethink things and I look my life over and I find out that I don't have really time or room to complain. So Jesus going by and Jesus told, he calls out to them and he says that, you know, if you will follow me, that I will show you how to get more fish. And then they're going and they follow them. And he said, in fact, you're not going to be fisher of fish, but you're going to be fisher of men. So that same skill set that you have, that same understanding that you have, I'm gonna, you're going to use that, but we're going to apply it a little differently. See, brothers and sisters, what you're going to find is that some of you have extraordinary skill sets. Some of you are, are so talented that God has given you many things that you can do. And there are things that you can do that others don't do quite the way that you do. There's things that you say and way that you do things that God wants to use. Amen. He wants to take that for his glory. Amen. For you understand that what I have and what I'm able to do, I'm able to do and have because of him. That was him that put that in my hand. It was him that given me that. And now he wants you to use those things that he's given you for his glory. Hallelujah. So as we go on and we move forward here, then he goes and he tells and he calls out to others. And what others do, what you find is that sometimes a crowd draws a crowd. Amen. If you want a crowd, then you have sometimes start with a crowd. So Jesus starts out by just being himself. And these people are drawn not just to him, but to his anointing. And he tells them straightway to follow him. And then what is he going to do that they, they are to follow him and he's going to show them how to be fisher of men. And then he goes on and we find that he picks up two more brethren along the way that he picks up James and Andrew and um and Peter and 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 John and they started to follow him. Now Jesus had them follow him. In fact, they were so ecstatic about following him that they left where they were doing. They left their father. They left their mother. I'm here to tell you today that when God wants to use you, sometimes he's going to pull you from your father. He's going to pull you from your mother because maybe they won't doing it exactly this way. And maybe he's using you a little bit differently. I'm telling you here on today that 
he'll put you in a place of seclusion where he helps you to understand and he has you to move and use the things that he's giving you. Because if you're around people who are familiar to you, then they have a tendency they want to put you in their box. They have a tendency for to see you one way. They have a tendency to do this. And they often don't mean harm by it, amen, because all they know is what they know. But this is why you got to know God for yourself, because he has a way that he wants to move you. He wants you to be more than Sunday ties. Oh, come on, somebody. More than Sunday ties. So here, the first T and tie here for us this morning that we want to explore on today is he wants us to tutor. Mm. Tutor, tutor, tutor in churchy terms means discipleship. Amen. Discipleship is what he's calling you to. That discipleship, I understand and know that there are levels to discipleship. The first part of the discipleship that we find here that Jesus works with them is that you have to come. That before one can be tutored, one can be changed, one can be transformed, one can be removed, one can be gathered, one can be taught, one can be exposed, one can be transformed, that he must be in a position that he is willing to be or understands and knows that they need to be tutored. So the first part is they have to come. This is what Jesus goes and doing. He just says, giving us the example of this right here. So he goes and he goes and he admonishes them to come. And what they do is they decide to come. Why do they come? Because they see him, that it's something different about him. There's something different about the way he carries himself. There's something different about the way he walks. There's something different about the way he talks. It's something different about how he interacts. They can feel the power of his words. See, I was talking to him. I heard a podcast on this weekend. A young man was talking about his father and he was talking about how his father that he father he grew up in a house where his father was blind and he was talking about his father being blind and the young man was telling the guy who was podcasting he was saying and the guy was saying if your father was blind how was you being disciplined and he was talking about you know he was thinking of the very narrow form that he was being disciplined by way of a spanking or he was being um chastised in a way. And he said that sometimes there's things you can do. He said, you ever heard the power of a man's voice? Oh, come on, somebody. It's something about the voice of the father. Come on, y'all with me this morning. It's something about the voice of the father that transformed things. Even to this day at my age, amen, I'm 46 years old. If my father calls out to me, it's something about his voice. It's a distinctness in his voice. There's a power in his voice that puts me in line even to this day there's something that my father can call out to me and ask me to do even though i got choices i can say i'm grown i got my own kids and i got my own situation and all that but it's something about the father's voice that changes things i think about it i travel quite a bit as many of you all know and i'm here and i'm there and my wife would call me sometimes and say your son is gotten a little bit unruly and he won't listen to me and this, this and that. And, and no, I'm, you know, so I'm not in an area where I can physically go out and say, boy, do this, but I understand the power of my voice as the father. Oh, come on somebody. So all I do is get on the phone and I just call his name and say, Preston boy, he knows what time it is immediately straight way. He straightens up right away. It's something about the power in the father's voice. Amen. That God has given us as men and, and, and women of God. There's something about when the father speaks that people listen hallelujah so i can get on the phone and i can tell my son just by the bass in my voice and the tone of my voice that he knows i mean business and know that he knows that i'm four or five hundred miles away at times and maybe even a thousand miles away at times but he knows by the tone of my voice that he about to straighten up or there may be business to pay later or he knows that 
the authority in my voice tells him that he needs to, because it's something that speaks to him as the father speaks to him. So here we find that what they come because what the father speaks to them. Hallelujah. They didn't even know he was the father, but they knew there was something different about his voice. They knew that it was something different about how he articulated what he said that others could have come by and said, come in, come follow me and put down your nets. And they would have looked at them kind of weird and looked at them kind of strange, but it was the power in his voice. Amen. Do you not know that it was the power in your voice? We call it the anointing. This the anointing that destroys the yoke and set the captive free. It's always amazing to me how the word of a man's voice, how the word of the voice and the power of the voice changes things. It can change your mood. It can change how you feel because it's all the way in the power of the voice. It's that thing that we call the anointing. I think about Amanda Gorman when she was reading the poem as the president was being installed and that, that poem made you feel some kind of way. The way she controlled her voice and manipulated her voice and the way she used and gave articulation to certain words. I think about poets like Maya Angelou and all these who had these words, but it was not even just the words they said, because you and I can read those words, and they will fall blind and fall on deaf ears, but it was the way they articulated the words. It was the feeling you had behind the words. It was the way the words were said that made them change, and they convinced you that you what needed to listen, that this was something that was powerful, that was something special that was going on here that you needed to pay attention to. Amen. I think about it in terms of Martin Luther king and we think about the words that he said that he didn't have to have a gun in his hand because he was able to use the power of his voice amen to change nations and god used his voice to be able to speak to a people and provide strategy and having to listen to the speech that we still talking about many years later that speech that he gave on washington that impromptu speech it was not almost just literally what he said but it was the power of the anointing behind his voice hallelujah so now we find it was the power of jesus his voice that spoke to them and they realized that I don't know what this is and I quite don't understand it all but I know there's a power in this voice that I must connect myself with that I want to know more about that I want to understand more about that I want to feel this way that it's something in this that I can't just ignore this voice I cannot just walk away from this voice but I am drawn to it and for the Bible said it's the anointing it's the anointing that he said that I would draw all if I be lifted up from the earth that I shall withdraw all men unto me. So all he asked us to do is to speak the word. Hmm. To speak the word that he would give the unction. And this is what he's calling you and I to do as we toot on today. That what we are to what to speak the word. That tutoring goes a little deeper than that. So first thing they do is come. The second thing to be in this piece is that as you tutor and your discipleship, that what? Then they start to grow. As you continue to read the rest of this, that these were the first disciples of Christ, but they walked with him. They followed him. And because they followed him, they were privileged to seeing certain things. There were certain things that they got to see. There were certain things they got to interact. There were certain things they were exposed to. I'm here to tell you that when you follow somebody, there's some things you're going to see. You're not going to always see good times. You're going to see when they struggle at times. You're going to see at times that the the, the humanity of a person. And that's one of the, to me, one of the more powerful things as I work with leaders because leaders and others who I admire over the years and maybe admire their work and then I understand and I start to see the humanity of a person. And where it reminds me that we all have humanity in us. We all have 
our faults. We all have things that we do. We all have times that we're down. But I know sometimes our society has put people in a pedestal and put them in such a situation or such a way that we don't believe that they don't ever have any faults, that they don't have any struggles, that they never struggle with anything, that they don't ever fall out of the line. And when they do, we get ourselves at a point that we feel like, oh my God, they should have been held to a higher standard and they shouldn't have did this and they shouldn't have did that. But all the time, we forgot that we took away their humanity when we tried to make them a God with a little G. Oh, come on, somebody. So here they follow him. And when they follow him, he's teaching them and he's guiding them. Then the next part of this we find that you grow from this. As you grow, you become a disciple. Discipleship, even that what? Now I understand some things and I'm walking in this and I realize that I'm more than Sunday ties. Amen. That I'm more than just this tutor. That God has called me to a new level of understanding. And now the last piece of this is that what I am to multiply. So what Jesus is literally doing with them here in the text is that he's going to take them. He's already called them. He's teaching them. He's growing. They grow with him. They walk in discipleship so they understand the principles of God. They understand the things that we have them to do. They understand how he will have them to move. Now it's up to them to disciple, to have discipline. Discipleship means discipline that I'm able to follow the teachings of Christ. I'm able to go forward in Christ. And now my job is to do what? To go out and make another my job is to go out and have somebody else. Why? Because they watched my life and they understood that it's not always been peaches and creams. And they understand that it's not always been rosy, but I understand that I have a commitment to Christ. And then in all I do that I get understanding and all that I go through that I, I walk by faith and I'm not by sight because sometimes I don't see it and I'm seeing it by faith and I'm walking by faith and I'm believing God to have this to be the thing or have this to be the situation. And sometimes I really don't even know. Sometimes I step out and Maybe I missed up, amen. But the Bible says it like this: that all things work together for the good of them who are who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. So now we find as they continue to go. Now we understand that tutoring means something else here, also, in the sense that it means that what we share the word. So what Jesus is teaching them, so what they can share the word, but how do they know the word unless they be taught the word? So we have to understand, brothers and sisters, it's part of being more than a Sunday tie that we have to what be able to teach the word. And I know some people say, well, I can't teach the word because I don't know the word. Exactly. Oh, come on, somebody. This is why you and I must spend time in our Bibles that we must understand and learn. So before we try to get out and 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 articulate and prolificate the word of God that we must understand what it means and understand the basis and understand what people are coming from. And you only can do this by putting time in the word. You have to understand that this is why Bible study is so important that we understand certain things in scripture and stuff that people have been saying for years. That's not even in the Bible. Oh, come on somebody. I find it all the time. There are things that people have told me all my life and I think they meant well. And what it is, they just repeated something that they heard from somebody else because they they really didn't know it or understand it or believe it themselves. And they find now that they're here and then they ask the questions. I believe it was on last Sunday. We were out eating and we was enjoying time with one another. Amen. And Brother Jordan had brought up a verse and he said, where is that in the Bible? Amen. And I had to tell us, you know what? It's not in the Bible exactly like that. Amen. But this is what is inferred that, you know, it, it meant from this. And these are good questions. And these are the kind of questions that people ask all the time. And I tell people, ask questions. Amen. And this is how we grow. And this is how we know. So now that the next time somebody asked him, he'll be able to say, no, it's not. But then be able to show them that this is, um, I know what it was. It said that, you know, we often say, and I think I said at the table that, you know, God puts no more on us than we can bear. It's not written verbatim like that. Not at all. 
Amen. But I think if I recall correctly, we were talking about First Corinthians 4 and 13, where he was talking about that you put no more on, then you be tempted. And then we started to discuss these kind of things. So this is where God has us going. This is what you got to share the word. Amen. The next piece of this is that we have to show it. Amen. See, when you start talking about discipleship, the numbers start going down. I see people then jumped off line because, see, this is where the work comes in. Everybody wants to be a Christian. Everybody wants God to bless them. They want to this. But I'm trying to show you the way the blessing is by blessing somebody else. Come on, I said a mouthful right there. The way the blessing is to bless somebody else. We always in it. Me, 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 me. And God said, them, 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 them. And we said, but me, what about me, me, me? He said, no, do them, 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 them. And I'll take care of you, 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 you. And we so often that we end up thinking about ourselves. And what you don't understand is the blessing is in you trying to help somebody else. Because what happens is as you help somebody else, as you help them understand, you get blessed in the process. It's part of the process. It's nothing that you can get around. It's nothing that you can change about it. It's how God has it set up. So as you become better in this space because you're trying to help somebody else advance, watch this. You learn. I think about it in terms of when I was teaching. And when I was teaching in the classroom, there was sometimes I get challenged by students. And I always welcome to be challenged by students. Why? Because it forced me to be a better teacher teacher. It also forced me to go home and do more homework. And therefore, as I went to go find the answers to the questions or the things that they inquired to me about, what it did in turn, it made me a better professor because now I understand something I didn't know before. Now I understand this or I understand that. And I understand how these things now come together. And in turn, what even may have happened sometimes is that as I'm looking for the answers to whatever it is that they ask me, I find answers to other things that I wasn't even looking for. Oh, come on, somebody. You get blessings that were unexpected. There, You get things that, that, that you weren't looking for. And now you got this and you got that. And now you find yourself, wow, wow I wasn't even looking for that. Or I didn't even think about that. Or I didn't even know that was a situation. Or I didn't even think about it in terms of this or in terms of that. And now I have it. Amen. And this is how this thing works. Amen. So what? You your blessing is in what? Helping somebody else. Hallelujah. I think about it the times that I tutor. Well, one of the things about tutoring that I often find is that what? Sometimes I maybe not knew the information as well as I thought I did. In fact, what I did, sometimes I found out that even though I knew the information as well as I did, that I was forced to look at it from a different point of view because somebody else's understanding may have been very different. Hallelujah. Think about it. So one of the things, the key things about when you're tutoring and you're working with somebody is that their understanding may be in this. And one of the key things to those who are great tutors and those who are great disciples in this place is that you're able to put yourself in their shoes and understand from their point of view. So now you understand what they're asking. You understand what they're struggling with. You understand why they can't go forward. You understand why they're in this situation or why they're in this circumstance. And now that you understand that, you're able to turn that around. And now you're able to what? To give an answer based off that instruction. You're able to give an answer based off that understanding. You're able to give an answer based off where they are and what they understand. And now you understand it from their point of view. So now you understand why they would say what they say, why they move the way they move, why they talk the way they talk. And then now God gives you what? A grace to endure because see i understand that i've not been in everybody's situation but as i try to understand their situation that way it gives me a different grace because i'm like well lord if i was in that maybe i understand it that way 
So we talk about you share. We talk about that you show by living that word. Now what? Now you teach it. Because see, if I share it, first of all, I'm putting it out there. And then if I show it by what I do and how I move and how I walk and how I talk, then what? Now I've opened up myself the ability to teach it because somebody might listen to you. Mm. See, we have so many people out here who want to teach people how to do things and show people how to do things, and they've never done them themselves. That's one thing, you know, a pet peeve of mine is for somebody to try to teach me and show me how to do something that I know, and it's very clear that they didn't do themselves. We have an internet full of people talking about, this is, you know, we're going to coach somebody, and you're not even successful yourself. Oh, don't let me go there this morning. Yeah, people want to coach people and ain't even got a college degree themselves. They want to show them how to do this and do that. They ain't did it nothing themselves. That way, it sounds good at the time. It sounds great at the time. So now what? See, this is when you can see that people that were unauthentic. Mm-hmm. This is what I was talking about, being unauthentic. That way, when Jesus walked by, that was his voice. There was something about his voice that said, you know what? He knows what he's talking about. It was something about his voice that said, you know what, he's traveled that, that road. So you think about when you and some when you and I have been through some things, and when you've been through some things and you know you've been through them, that when your voice speaks about something, you say you, it talks a little different. You ain't gotta have a lot of bass in your voice, you ain't gotta be screaming, you ain't gotta be yelling. None of these kind of things do you have to be doing. But your voice changes. You may never really understand that, but your voice changes. I can listen to a woman who's had a baby versus a woman who hadn't had a baby. They both can have kids in the park. But I can tell by the way they interact. Hallelujah. Who had the baby and who got an adoption? There's nothing wrong with adoption. I'm not knocking that at all. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. But it'd be clear who gave birth to that baby and who was now accepting responsibility for that baby. They both have a tremendous responsibility. But it's just a little different when you've been through it. Mm -hmm. It's just a little different when you've laid on that sick bed. Now, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's one thing to have been there. It's one thing to have uh, been there when you've not had anything. You appreciate it a little bit more. Are y'all with me? It's a little different when you, you went from rag to riches a couple of times. You speak about it a little differently. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? When you've actually been there and you have what that's that part of that missing ingredient that what it's more than a Sunday tie to you. Because you live what you talked about. So we show it or we share it. We show it. We teach it. Now watch this. Now we serve it. We have to serve the Lord with gladness. We have to serve one another. What I'm doing right now, I am serving you. Could I be laying in my bed right now? I could. Could I be sleeping right now? I could. But what I understand is that I'm bought with a price. And for me to be a follower of Christ, he's requiring me to be a disciple or a tutor in the space. Because it's more than just a Sunday tie. Because what I understand and what I'm getting out of this and I understand more and more every day. Helping you all is my life source. Because the more I help you, the more I really help myself. I live right because I don't want you to, I want you to live right. I love me because I love you. 
I don't want to see you hurt. So therefore, I, I don't be hurt. Watch this. Let me, let me, let me try to explain it a little bit differently. See, the kingdom of God is the opposite of the world. The world says, you go do you. Make it about you. Do it all for you. And when you do it all for you and you get yours, then maybe you can make it help somebody else. And what we find is very rarely do you always come back because you spend this thing of chasing doing you. And here's the thing about doing you. You're never done with doing you. Example. I remember I used to say, man, if I ever could make $30,000 a year, I'd be set. When I made 30000 I was like, oh, if I only could make $40,000 a year, that'd be enough. Then I made 40000 Oh, if I only could make seventy, dollars $80,000 a year, that'd be great. And then that's still not enough. It keeps changing. Because what happened, the more we make our taste change. I'll be honest, and I, and I can speak for me. There are things that I own now that I never thought I would own. When I was making $20,000, I didn't even think about owning it. Didn't care to own it. But when I made fifty or $60,000, I thought about it. Maybe I could own it. And now maybe I purchased it. Not that I needed it. Not that I wanted it. I mean, that I had to have it. But as I went, my taste changed. Why did my taste change? Because the people I hung out with changed. So therefore, I found myself assimilating to the group of people I with. This is why that say old saying is true, that birds of a feather flock together. It's one of those natural things. You're going to assimilate to the group. So this is why we must spend time with one another. Why? Because if you spend enough time with sinners, one or two things are going to happen. Either you're going to win them over or they're going to take you. And if it's more of them than it is of you, there's a good chance that they're going to take you. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? I saw a video this morning before I got on, and the, and the guy was making this video, and he was making this point, and he said, said, I don't have to tell young black men to pull their pants up. And I, was like, I was thinking to myself, this is interesting. Where is this going to go? He said, I don't have to tell them because what I do is I show them because I've raised the level of expectation around me that I raised their minds and I raised their level of expectation around them that they already know that that's not acceptable because of where they're going. So I don't have to tell them. They automatically assimilate. And see, I tell you all, all the time, when you make the decision, you will stick to it because you made it. Because we all like our own decisions. Okay? So you notice here, when Jesus comes through, what does Jesus do? He tells them to come. They decided. They left their nets. 
He didn't go over there and try to beat them up and convince them. See, so many times we, we get out here and we tell people and we, we fear people into Jesus. Now, do I believe hell is real? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, if I go ahead and I, and I spend my time convincing somebody that, look, your life don't change. You're going to hell. As soon as they get over that fear of going to hell, they go back to doing what they were doing. See, when the Bible talks about reverence and fear, he doesn't talk about reverence and fear in terms of, you know, scaring somebody. It's a respect thing. Are y'all with me? So when they say fear God, that's a respect. I respect God. I'm not going to do dumb stuff in his presence. And the truth of the matter is, we are always around him in his presence. So why are we doing dumb stuff anyway? <laughs> right? So as I walk into these spaces and we serve the Lord with gladness, by serving somebody else, I actually get what I want. And that's the crazy thing about it. So like I said, as you serve, and I was talking about as your, your salary changes, your, what you want change. Because you start to assimilate with a different group. And you see what they have, and you want to be a part of the group. It's not a bad thing. But I am being reminded, and I want to remind you today, that God has put some of us in these groups for us to be the light. Because what I'm understanding, I'm finding that rich people have some of the same problems that poor people have. I've been around both. Been been part of both. I ain't gonna say I've been rich, but I, I mean I like to think we I do okay. When their bodies get sick, the rich and the poor are the same. They may afford better doctors and this and that, but if cancer's racking their body, they looking for the same solution that the poor man has been looking for, or the happy man is looking for. I mean, or the rich man is looking for. I understand. And I see sometimes those who were, as we say. Poor have a family full, uh, have a room full of family in there waiting on them and, and, and watching them as they transition. And those who've had riches, you go to their room and nobody's in there. Who's rich now? Who's wealthy now? Who's poor now? So we always adjusting what do these things look like? So this is why service is so important. So I serve them on whatever level I am. Maybe God is giving you financial freedom to be able to serve people financially and help them get out of debt by you being what? Planting seeds in their life to help them make it to the next level. Because some people are just in some bad situations. Many of them, I promise you, don't want to be there. Some of them are bad choices and some of them are just life on life. As I say sometimes, life be life and and what if they liked on you? So this is why we are to serve. Because even in serving, God does something. I can tell you right now, all this time that I've served, I like to believe that I am as well as I am because of you all. I get up every morning and I pray because y'all want to pray. I don't always want to pray. I get up this morning to get ready for this. I almost overslept because I was tired because of all these things I had to do. But you know what got me up to make sure that I did what I was supposed to do? Because I knew the 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 or how many of you are going to be here watching this podcast. It's going to be here. 
I'm accountable to you. So just like when you know I'm going to show up, I expect you to show up too because you're accountable to me. So I got up and made sure that I read and I understood and, and been able to present the word of God that God has given me to give to you today. And you did your part by making sure that you got up and you showed up. Whether you're in your pajamas in your bonnet right now because you know I can't see you. Or you're eating your cereal. Or you sit there and I got your full attention. Hmm. Right? Because we know how it go in this virtual space. But still, there's accountability there. So even in my tiredness, I learned some things. God has spoke some things to me today that I was looking at myself like, oh, I got to yeah, do better on that too. As I'm admonishing you to do better. He's dealing with me too. Because when it comes to me to give to you, there's a residue of that that's left. Woo. I think about it sometimes. Y'all know I drink a lot of sports drinks or whatever, um, protein powder. And see, even though I put that in, I don't ever get all the protein powder. Because some of it's going to be left in that jar or in that, that bottle or whatever I'm using the drink out of. There's going to be a residue that's left. Even though I got what I got in me, there's a residue. This is how God deals with me. This is how God deals with us as believers when we help other people. Is that when he downloads that to you and you give it back to somebody else, they don't get 100% of it. Because there's a residue. Hallelujah. There's a residue of that that's left in you. That says you need to do better too. Or that, you know what, I've not forgotten you. Or that your day is coming. Stay faithful. Stay consistent. Stay diligent. It's more than a Sunday tie. I didn't wear a tie today. Because that tie does what? If you ever wore one, sometimes they choke you. Sometimes they they, they, they look good and they present ourselves as being formal. But what God does through us sometimes is so informal. I find that my biggest ministry is not being here on the internet with you all. My ministry is to those people I serve as their supervisor, as their confidant, as their friend. I know I break all the leadership rules sometimes because they say, no, you can't be friends with the boss and it's a lonely walk. And I get it. I do. And sometimes I feel very lonely when I do this work. As a pastor, I feel very lonely sometimes because, you know, there's things you just can't say or disclose and all that. And I get that. And sometimes I want to break every one of the rules. Because I get it, but at the same time, it's like, I want them to get it. But I understand sometimes there's a responsibility. I can't say everything that I want to say because it might cause some ass hysteria. Or I'm understanding that they say they're ready, but are they really? I guarantee you right now, if I gave my son the keys to one of my cars, he's like, Daddy, let's go. He wants to drive. But I know, as his father, he's not ready. He can't even reach the pedals. It's not like driving Mario Kart. And he didn't even stay on the road all that much, right? Oh, don't he'll be mad with me. He said, Dad, you're talking about me. But do you understand what I'm saying? 
So there's this level of responsibility and that's part of the tutoring. It's like, I give you enough to push you to the next level, but not too much that I overwhelm you that you run and you walk away. Each one of us should be tutoring somebody in this space. No, it don't mean that you, you call them every day and you in their business and you ask them about their marriage and you ask them about their children and all that, but there's a distance. There's a connection. Because I'll tell you, the most important work I do is I serve these people every single day here. It's Sunday, yeah, I'm supposed to be off with my phone mic ringing. I might have to do something. Yes, I'm probably going to do some work today. No, I'm learning. It's not workaholism. It's, I'm serving. Because I know if I don't do certain things, then these people don't have certain opportunities. And God has put me in the space to be able to be that gap filler, the bridge filler. To fill the gap in between there, even if it's temporarily. And I'm here to tell you today that he's done the same for you. The people I've talked to this week that I haven't talked to in maybe 10, 15 years, they just needed my listening ear. There's others that I've heard that, you know, they call me and they just talk, and I've not talked to them in years, and they go on and on, and I think about some of the things that they've been through. Some of them have been injured horrifically. Some of them been through things that I would not imagine going through. And the human side of me feels terrible for them. But the spiritual side of me is hopeful. I say that, you know what? God is changing this. He's turning this around. And when he gets done with them, what a powerful witness they're going to be for him. Because others knew what was, but we would know what is. And what is to come. Remember today. Share that word. Show that word. Teach that word. And serve that word. That's what he called us to do. Stop worrying about you. So don't be selfish. We live in the most selfish society that we've ever lived in. Me, 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 me. And I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, he's shown us time and time again. He said, not me, but them. And you are included in them. And as you take care of them, he takes care of you. This is why it's called faith, because you don't see it. There have been times I've gone and done things here in the last couple of weeks. And God has blown my mind. Our people have went out of their way to serve me. And I have to remind myself, do I go out of my way to serve others? Watch this. When you serve, you actually serve down. I serve down. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to close. When you serving down simply means this. I do things with people and with others that I know they can't do for me. See, it's, see, we have this thing that we call networking, right? And I know some people, when we network, I go to these things, y'all, because I have to. And it's like, you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. And they have this, they call it networking. That's what they call it. 
But I'm learning God's networking is different than their network. God's network is, I want you to open a door because I know they can't open this door, but you have the power to do it. I want you to speak hope and change into their life because they don't know anybody who, who can do it. And what happens is I serve down. So I give two, three hundred dollars. Maybe we pay somebody's rent or maybe we do this, whatever God has called us to do at that particular point in time and do it with the intent of nothing in return. That's service because I know they can't do anything. And the Bible talks about it like this. He said, what you've done to the least of me, you've done unto me. And I, when I reward that which is done in secret or that which is done in the dark shall be what? Rewarded openly. If you take your reward now, look at me. Look what we did. That's one of the things. Y'all know our church. I tell you all, we, you know, we, we do post little stuff. But, no, y'all know most of the big stuff we did. It never goes posted. It's like one of those things, how they hashtag say, if you know, you know. If you've been blessed by the Safe House Church, you know, you know. The church members, we know. And we go forward. And you know what God does? He keeps this little small church going. <laughs> we keep we keep going. Somehow by God's grace, we keep going. Somehow by God's grace, he keeps our roof on our head. Somehow by God's grace, he makes sure our bills get paid. Somehow by God's grace, our health is good. And we go on forward. We keep going. Can't explain it, don't understand it, but I know it because we live it. Say, if I'm true, seven, eight years now, well, Lord, I would like for us to grow, but this is what you got? Lord, I'm okay. Let's go with this. Do y'all understand what I'm saying to you? And as we move and we go and we do what he's called us to do, it's service. Which you tutor somebody else. So when you're the tutor, what are you doing? You're helping somebody because they don't understand something. You're helping down. They can't do nothing for you. Help those who can't do nothing for you and watch what God do for you. Because watch this. The service comes down. I need this and I can't do it. And here comes somebody who's believing and trusting God at a level above you that said, I'm going to help you. Oh, do y'all see the chain? But I got that door open because I was helping somebody else who needed my help. Did you get that? I was serving the one who needed my help, who didn't have the skill, who didn't have the understanding, who didn't have the connection. I was serving them. And while I was serving them, somebody else was doing what they supposed to do, who was maybe at a level above me, and they saw my need. And my need got fulfilled while I was fulfilling the one below me's need. So I served down with the intention to pull up. I serve down with the intention to pull up, not to belittle, but to inspire. Not to make beneath, but to make what? Equal. And this is what God has called us to do. It's more than a Sunday ties. It's calling us to the next level. 
God bless you all. I love you all. Uh, I've had my spear with you all on today. And I hope that you walk away with this. That you go back and listen to the podcast, watch this video, share this video with somebody else. And know that this is just part one. We got three more sentences to go. Of this powerful series, More Than Sunday Ties. Who are you discipling in the space? God bless you all. I love you all. At this time, I want to give you the opportunity to praise and worship him in offering. Amen. If you've been here at the Safe House Church and this is your first time, you have a wonderful opportunity to give here. Um, here at Safe House Church, we give. You see the QR code there. You can go to safehousechurchgso.com forward slash give. That will allow you to give by credit card. Or you have the other options. You have the Zale at offering at Safe House Church GSO. Or you have the cash app, dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Again, that's dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Or you can always go write the check or money order to Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Again, Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Hallelujah. God bless you all. I love you all. This has been a tremendous day in this space, and we're just grateful to him from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Are you happy in Jesus? Hallelujah. If you're not happy, I'm happy. Amen. And I'm just grateful to him. God bless you all. I love you all. Remember, on each and every um, day, we have our prayer at 6 a.m. At 7 p.m., you will, pop, you will see a daily motivational here on social media. We started that a couple of weeks ago. I'm looking forward to keeping that going in the space. That's a lot of work <laughs> to do them every morning. But, hey, you know, we're serving. And, and you know, in serving, you know, we'll get served at some point. So um, God bless you all. I love you all. You all take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. If I don't see you some, again until next week, and know that God loves you, that he's going to take care of you, and that our job is to tune in that space to serve. God bless you. Love you all. Take care. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.